Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chabin. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about the movies The Virgin Suicides and Mustang. Or as I wrote down in the notes, Blondes versus Brunettes. Team hey. Brunettes forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first, let's catch up. So what are you into, Bridget? Um, so I've been reading a lot. That is not a humble brag. That is a full-on brag that I read. <laughs> um, I recently got the Libby app working uh, on my Kindle, my my uh, iPad, and I really enjoy it. It's an app where you can take out ebooks from your local library, except some of the books I am on, like, an impossible wait list for, like, just like months like six months you know and i'm like this is a long game i'm gonna play uh to have easy access to these books but one that i'm reading right now is the princess diarist by carrie fisher which she uh wrote and published before her death in 2016 um and it's just it's really good it's kind of like her looking through her diaries that she wrote on set of the first few star wars movies and writing about her experience and she's so funny and i'm on the chapter right now where she talks about her affair with harrison ford um Yeah, it's very juicy. <laughs> even though she like is like, I'm not gonna go into like the sexy parts because some things are still private. And then Aww. she like basically does. <laughs> um, and I'm also reading uh, the new book from Sally Rooney, who's this Irish novelist who's like our age, called mm. Normal People, and it's so good. Mackenzie, you would really like her writing. It's just like about people's relationships. It's just like 200 pages of just reading like what people think every step of a relationship and like okay. how they get really into it and think thoughts like that. And I also on the Libby app was going hard downloading books I read in high school, like um, checking in on Anne Brashares, who did the Sister of the Traveling Pants. I downloaded mm. some of her works I haven't read. I downloaded some <laughs> of, did you read the, a series by Megan McCafferty where it was like sloppy first, second helping? No. <laughs> they're I'd, would probably they're kind of it. hard to reread, but they're still very good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So skimming through those. Yeah, having fun with the Libby app. That's cool. What about you? Um, I watched the second season of Sabrina. Have you watched that? You know, I only watched the first few, first few episodes of the first season, and mm-hmm. I liked it, and I have to get back into it. Yeah, I feel like the second season is way better. Um, mm. The first I liked, but I was like, eh, it has potential to be like so much more, I felt like, sort of. Mm-hmm. And the second season it really feels like the characters are all kind of more mm-hmm. like getting more comfortable in their characters the actors, sure. and it's just like i just loved it um there's a descent reference made Hell by yeah. one of the they're like in the so they're excited. like <laughs> in the mines or whatever and yeah it's good i was like wow anyway i'm also really into dancers on instagram like, you know those videos that come up where it's just, like, a bunch of people dancing and it's, like, the camera's, like, moving in and out? I'm yeah. Like, I love those. <laughs> so I – but I can never, like I, – I guess, like, I always just, like, scrolled past and never, like, noticed who was posting yeah. them. But I finally found <laughs> – it's the Millennial or Millennium Dance Company or something. And then through that, I found – three girls that i really love one is nicole leno god Mm. i'm this these are their i'm going off their instagram handles not their actual names so yeah and then casey rice official and kendall harris gosh these girls are just so talented Uh, it makes me like nicole the first one is 13 and it's it's insane what she can do like 
I it just makes me want to be able to dance. Like I wish I was more physically capable. You are, and isn't that it's like such a weird, joyful thing to watch other women dance? Like that's how I feel mm-hmm. about the Beyonce uh, yeah. documentary too. Is like part of why it's so much fun to watch. Is like I watched that video of her doing the diva every everybody mad dance like mm-hmm. constantly just because yeah. it's like exciting. Yeah, you would like, and I recommend. There's this dance squad based in L.A. called the L.A. City Municipal Dance Squad or Dance Team. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of women in L.A. who are non-professional dancers. Mm -hmm. And they talk up, they they perform before like basketball games sometimes. And they, the way they describe themselves is like on a scale of talent of one to ten, they're all at fives. Um, (laughs) But they're like, they're like the personas they try to put out there with their dance is like silly goofy and sexy oh my and gosh. like they're a bunch of like grown women who just spend every sunday dancing together like they dance to i'll send you some videos but they're okay. i i went through like the same thing you did where i just like spent an afternoon going through their instagram yeah. like being yeah. like i want to dance like i want to be dancing with a bunch of other women and yeah goofy. Yeah. yeah it started out as like I watched, I spent like six hours watching K-pop videos with my brother one day, which I highly recommend just doing that Amazing. at yeah. some point because they're really good. And then I was like trying to do the dances along with the videos and I was like, I can't mm. do this. And then I was like, how to do it? <laughs> and I Googled it and I found this girl called Susie Meow on Instagram and she also does a bunch of dancing. Highly recommend her too. And then through her, I found a bunch of like Nicole and then I found a bunch of other people. So very cool. Yeah. I see a note that you're also into Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> well, I just, it's on Netflix, so I just rewatched them. And Me too. Like, they're so good. What great yes. movies. The I just rewatched them too. I feel like maybe we were in a group chat with Kether talking about that. Yeah. We well, I that. hadn't rewatched them at that point. This yeah. is recent. This I hadn't even seen the second one, I think. Oh, okay. um, so it was fun to watch. They're, they're very good. And I'm really happy and excited that they're going to come out with the third movie which is like the dark adult one. Ooh. Yeah. Have you read the book? Well, they're all kind of dark. No, I haven't true. read any of the books. It's dark. Dang. I read, oh my God. You would fucking love those books, Mackenzie. <laughs> Get on that right away. They are like top tier YA books. Ooh. I, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I should read them. Yeah. I think all the time about this part from one of the first books where the Rory Gilmore character. <laughs> Lena. Yeah. Lena loses her virginity to Costos. Costco, mm-hmm. Costco, Costos, um, and like this is I'm not going to do a good job, but the writing about it is she's thinking about the lyrics of the song "Blackbird" by the Beatles, uh, and I don't, it had a profound effect on me, <laughs> a teenager. Well, wow. Well, yeah. I guess uh, when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. my friends and I were obsessed with this, and like we wanted to do like the ritual and everything, but Aww. we, but but we like. <laughs> This is embarrassing. We all, but we bought. I don't. I'm gonna cut this out. Probably don't cut it out. Keep it in. But we like uh, all bought matching thongs, and we're like we're the sisterhood of the traveling thongs. But we all just had matching ones that we didn't yeah, share. Yeah, share. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> share. Things. That's so cute. Um, oh. My deep connection to the sisterhood of the traveling pants, and I'm I'm just like about to dox myself. Like maybe we should cut this. <laughs> Is my name is Bridget. There's a character who's in the books named Bridget, and I actually don't know if I should say this, but I had a crush on a guy for like eight to ten years growing up whose name was Billy Klein, and in the second book, Bridget's love interest is named Billy Klein. And oh my god! Just reading it and being like, oh my god! 
It's a sign. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's kind of a vague name, so. <laughs> I would, yeah. yeah. If, Keep it in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's like, if that happened to me, dang. That is a sign. That's like destiny. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to dive into yeah. these uh, kind of depressing movies about women? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Woo. So the first movie we're talking about is The Virgin Suicides. The Virgin Suicides was an introduction to the dreamy aesthetic of film royalty Sofia Coppola. Her 1999 debut film was an adaption of a novel by Jeffrey Eugene... I, I forgot already. Jeffrey Eugenitis. Eugenitis. Phonetically. <laughs> by Jeffrey Eugenitis that centered around five Lisbon sisters and a chorus of hopeful teenage boys who obsess over them. As the title of the film reveals, things did not end well for the Lisbon sisters who can only escape the oppressive watch of their parents and society through suicide. Bridget, it's what do you a, think? It's a bummer. Yeah, it's a sad <laughs> movie. Um, what do you think of it? You know what's movie? funny is that, like, it is sad. The content is sad, but mm-hmm. I don't think the movie is very sad in a weird way. And I think we'll get, like, deeper into that because mm-hmm. of it's the perspective the film takes. Yeah. That the girl's pain is never real enough to me or mm-hmm. realized enough that I'm, like, sad watching this in the same way. Um, I think it'll be difficult in this discussion to kind of keep Mustang and the Virgin Suicide separate in our discussion because yeah. they are thematically so similar, but then, mm-hmm. like, formally so different, you right. know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie though. Um, it's definitely like one of those movies that was all over Tumblr, mm-hmm. you know, and again, like Tumblr was our formative film experience for both of us, Yes, you know? And so I remember like wanting to see it and then I read the book, um, and it was just, it, it's because it's so easily translated into visuals, right? Okay. Well, I've never read the book, so. I just um, meant the movie too. Like the movie is just easily distilled into like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. screenshotable for sure. Um, yeah. It's definitely, I, I do like it. I remember I didn't like it the first time I watched it really, but rewatching mm-hmm. it, I do like it. Um, and it is really beautiful. And Sofia Coppola is definitely really talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, she has this, um, on uh, when she, she read the book and then wanted to make it a movie. And she said, mm-hmm. I loved how the boys were so confused by the girls and I really connected with all that lazing around in your bedroom. And that's like kind of what that's distills what I love about the movie. I think mm. is that I love that the boys are just like, I think what I love about this movie is how it reveals that like boys don't know anything yeah. and are just like confused and that like girls are just like, like, and I love the parts where it's just like the girls hanging out, like the sisters yeah. just like hanging out. I love like the ultra femininity of it and all that stuff. So that's like kind of distills what I love about it. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because I think if, if you're trying to get to the like basic point of like what this movie is about, which is about a group of sisters who commit mm-hmm. suicide, mm-hmm. um, you like, you have to kind of contend with the fact that why that movie on its surface surface level is about like these young women's uh suicides it's really about the prism through which these young boys are viewing them and i think the movie is effective at uh you know like putting us in the boys shoes and like showing us their obsession and the small sort of like um artifacts that they gather in Mm -hmm. learning about the girls um you know but i 
was surprised in like doing research for this episode about how many people seem to think that there are kind of like windows into the girls' individualities and like mm-hmm. personhood, which I, I honestly don't think there really are. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was watching the movie and I remember like one distinct part where I did feel like we were finally Mm -hmm. glimpsing like the girls in their real like selves I guess and it's when after their first sister dies they're all in school and kind of just like going about their day and Mm. it's there's a bunch of people around them and they look like normal Mm. pretty much but then it cuts to them in the bathroom alone and they're just all silent and Lux is smoking and mm. one of them is sitting on the sink, just like turning it off and on. And I was like, okay, this is them. Just they can be silent with each other because they're sisters. Mm. And like Lux is smoking, mm-hmm. like she, like that just seems like a secret, you know? Like, yeah. and it seemed like we were finally like glimpsing mm-hmm. into what they were like when they were just with each other and with yeah. no one else. Yeah, uh, we read a piece by Genevieve Kosky called The Virgin Suicides is a Window into Sofia Coppola's Fixations. And she writes that um, even when viewed through a nostalgic prism, the Lisbon sisters' troubled inner lives are not erased by director Sofia Coppola's lens. The girl's pain is even more important to the story than the boy's curiosity, which, again, I just don't agree with, like we were saying. Yeah. But I think one thing that kind of... I'm more so evident than their pain or us understanding like why they ultimately kill themselves is the set dressing in this movie and the things that Sofia Coppola chooses to show us and linger upon are very interesting. Um, Like this is from the same Genevieve Kosky article, which we'll link to. She says the Lisbon girls bedrooms are shrines to adolescent girlhood, mixing tokens of their impending womanhood, perfume bottles, makeup, jewelry, and protracted adolescence, childlike toys, trinkets, and drawings with overt spiritual iconography, much of it Virgin Mary centric that calls to both the religious upbringing that keeps them confined and the story's broader themes of purity, sin, and worship. And like that, I do agree with, you know, that like the set dressing and the aesthetic of the film is more important than the actual girls, you know? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. but i i also love love it <laughs> you know like i think because i think girls care a lot more about the space they're in for some reason i don't know i just have like noticed that i guess but mm-hmm. like like if you go into any like teenage girls bedroom it feels like they're just like pl- the walls are like plastered with like it's like a shrine yeah yeah, yeah which I I've like every I remember like in high school go or even now sort of but I mean but especially in high school when you would go into like, your friends' bedrooms for the first time it just felt like there was so much to look at it was very intimate yeah mm-hmm. um but when I like you go into like a guy's bedroom and it did not it's never felt that way for me like oh th- yeah for sure yeah but and like um I don't know why that is I feel like there could be like an interesting. <laughs> Like even like domestic spaces, you know, yeah. like that girls are more confined to, and 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 that in a way is an interesting part about uh, virgin suicides too, is that the girls are increasingly confined to the house where they, mm-hmm. um, you know, spend most of their time and kind of like are wasting away inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely agree with that. And the set decoration is by a woman named Megan Less, hmm. uh, which shout out to her because it's a really important part of the film. Yeah, you know, so many details uh, mm-hmm. in like the corner of the frame. Yeah. Um, Good job. 
Mm-hmm. I love Kirsten Dunst in this movie. I think mm-hmm. she is such an interesting actress. And I think Anne Sophia Coppola really found a director who is like interested in her, you know, yeah. like, interested in her, her face, her persona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like, I, yeah, I haven't seen the beguiled, but I feel mm-hmm. like I get very similar vibes. Yeah. Like, from Kirsten Dunst in this movie mm-hmm. and maybe in that movie too. Like I, I haven't seen Mar- it, so I don't know. Oh, I forgot it. to include this, but Marie Antoinette. Have you mm-hmm. seen? Yeah, yeah. Like she's she's great in Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. uh, which I rewatched recently for the first time in a long time. Um, and I think Sofia Coppola. People don't realize that her films are like kind of funny too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's definitely funny moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. When the newscaster is talking about suicide, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. What else? And the boys are awkward and funny. Yeah. You know, and like cringy and the dad is very cringy and funny. Yeah. Um, like when the, the like mafia son kid is mm. like, I go through the sewers to, and it's like, yeah, you're oh a creep, God. but also this is like so stupid. <laughs> like, that is a Schwartzman. Oh that my gosh. Is, um, he's in <laughs> the Princess Diaries. He's the other one. Okay. That's what I thought. You know, I looked up their family tree just because I really wanted to get sorted and it's like, Sophia Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, and Nicolas Cage are all first cousins. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. What? Yes, they're all first cousins. Their parents are all siblings. It's so crazy. (laughs) They look so different. I guess Sophia Coppola kind of looks like Jason Schwartzman, but Nicolas Cage is like... Out there. Out there. Way (laughs) out there. Um, So something interesting I found about this movie that I noticed for the first time this viewing is the themes of environmental degradation... Um, the youngest girl uh, is really interested in the environment and she talks about the different species that are on the endangered species list. The girls at one point try to protect a tree that is coming, uh, being taken down in their neighborhood because it's sick. Um, and the end of the film, I had totally forgotten. The movie kind of ends with the boys attending this like socialite coming out party where the theme is like gas masks. Yeah. That, what did you think about that party then? I completely forgot that scene, and yeah. it almost seems like a scene from a different movie yeah. kind of tacked on to the end. Yeah, I agree. I was like, this mm-hmm. is kind of unnecessary. I don't know. It felt weird to me. I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. really it like felt, it. It felt weird to me, too, and it kind of made me feel as though the girls are being situated as, like, oh, this is going to sound way out there, but, like, almost like a natural resource, you know, that they were, like, mm-hmm. these pure, be- like, much like nature itself, you know, like something pure and good that was wasting away and, you know eventually just like could not survive any longer yeah i mean i also Mm -hmm. think like if you wanted to like tie cecilia the youngest who went Mm -hmm. first who was the environmentalist sort of yeah uh like as the tree like almost like represents this is maybe too out there she's in the tree a lot yeah like as representing her and Uh like kind of like i don't what's it called when it's like suicide like um it's like an epidemic or like it like something like that where it's like triggers it yeah yeah it's like they keep saying that they don't cut out cut down this one tree the other trees the other trees will Mm -hmm. get infected so it's like dang kickstarts it yeah yeah um i will say so we also read that the paramount was um nervous about uh promoting this movie because they were worried about the effect it would have on teenage girls Mm -hmm. and i like 100 percent agree with that yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it's so it's such a pretty movie and i think it Mm -hmm. almost does like make suicide into this sort of like dreamy like 
romantic romantic thing uh-huh. and especially like i was like t- like it just this sort of thing just like grows like a weed on tumblr like because tumblr mm. you, it's just like posting pictures of like bruises and like self-harm yeah. and this like oh yeah. like, pr- like and and treating it as something like pretty and i feel like mm-hmm. it's not kind of dangerous yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and and I think, like, even though at, we were talking about it, like, you can't really judge this movie for not being more about the girls because it's really about the boys and their perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that adds to the, like, the dangerous quality of showing suicide like this, you know, that it's from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not from, you don't, like, really understand these girls' depression. You don't understand why they did it. You mm-hmm. know, it's, like, unfathomable almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I, and I think that is, like, part of, like Genevieve saying that uh, the girl's pain was prioritized. I don't think that because I think there's no, because they never really understood the pain. The pain was never like explored. It was more about the boys being confused about it. So I don't Mm -hmm. think it was, I think the boy's curiosity was prioritized over the girl's pain because it's just about the boys trying to and failing to understand it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the source material is, like, by a male author, you yeah. know. Um, I, it would have been interesting to see this as an original work from Sofia Coppola, almost, mm-hmm. uh, rather than her adapting a novel. And I think as a novel, it's a, I mean, I think as a movie, it's a great adaptation of the source material mm-hmm. and the novel, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I would recommend. It's it's good. I mean, there's nothing, it's basically the exact same thing as the movie, <laughs> you know. Um, I imagine he was very happy with how this came out. Cool. Yeah. Sophia Coppola says in a Criterion essay, they quote her saying that for her, the virgin suicides is about how deeply people can affect you and how little images get the biggest importance and never go away. Um, which I like, it's always interesting to hear someone talk about their art in a way where you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Like, I'll think about that now. I kind of like how she said the little images. I like that. The biggest importance. Cause that, that kind of reminds that speaks to the movie really well. Yeah. I I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like when directors talk about their work, they always simplify it so much to where I'm like, Oh, I guess maybe I was overthinking it or something. Yeah, I know it's true. (laughs) It's like their elevator pitch is uh, always much more simple. Yeah. Um, you know, you know who I, I really paid attention to Kathleen Turner's performance as the mom in this movie mm-hmm. too. Um, I don't think she has much to do, but I think what she does do is like almost very sympathetic and like uh, sad. Mm-hmm. You know, like the scene where after her youngest daughter's death, she's just like sitting in her bedroom and the creepy pe- priest comes upstairs. Yeah, you know. Um, and I guess we'll talk about this more in Mustang too. But it's kind of like she is in a similar probably place that the, her daughters are without realizing it. Yeah, you know? I feel like, like trapped. And with Mustang, I feel like almost more mm-hmm. the the mom or the like older women figures in mm-hmm. these movies are almost more complicated and harder to understand. At least for yeah, me, it's so true. like yeah. for my person, like it's easier for me to understand the younger girls because I feel like closer to them, I guess. But mm-hmm. the the older women, I'm like, what are they like? Why like why is the mom insisting on like keeping them? Like, I don't understand that. I can't, like, wrap my head around why, like, a mom would just want to, like, shut in her children like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess because of her, like, her 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 deep fear about the outside world, you know? Yeah. And, and kind of um, 
um, a misunderstanding of like what sexual sexuality would mean for their their daughters in mm-hmm. both movies, you know, yeah. um, which is sad. Yeah, I guess that's just hard for me. It's like Republicans. Mm. Like I just can't. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's just hard to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I just can't. Do like... you want to have fun? I. <laughs> I was thinking watching these movies, like, it's true what Cindy Lauper said, like, girls just want to have fun. Yeah. Like, we just want to have a good time. Yeah. And when you tell us no, I, my, I know I knocked my mic over. <laughs> you know, drastic measures are taken. Um, so this is a one-star rating that we found, or Bridger found. I counted, quote, well, this is me starting it. I counted, after I began to count, about 10 different segments in the film that had no bearing to the story. Just shots, really, that were there for no other reason than to be there. Was there an editor present on this film? There was one scene where the girls are in a bathroom together, and they do nothing there. They don't really talk. They don't give away a big secret. They don't do anything. And then it goes on to the next scene. Now that is maddening. Coppola's direction is ambiguous, unfocused, and doesn't have any aim as to what she's trying to say. Not only that, but if you want it in plain English film is boring tedious and quite pretentious maybe she has better films in her future but she's going to have a short career in hollywood if she keeps making films like this that are crap i thought this was so funny oh my god could this person in their mind is like a movie should be action action and action i i know i read this and i was like the bathroom shot is like my favorite part of the whole movie or that this person thinks like watching girls interact with each other in like these quiet subtle ways like is nothing happening you know it's just like maddening because it's like what's happening you know i can't figure it out what's going on (laughs) um so funny a lot of people hated this movie uh i found so many one-star reviews really they were all like repetitive like this like nothing happens this is like she's a she's you know so privileged like she got this job because of her dad like she's not talented which is a fair criticism for sure that she is like film royalty yeah but she's also just talent she is a good this is like a good movie this is like it is good and you know i i I haven't watched lost in translation in a really long time but i love that movie too and i haven't seen that in a long time that was another big tumblr movie yeah i remember i don't like movies that are sad (laughs) really (laughs) or just like i i'm always like disappointed after you don't want to rewatch them yeah yeah I rewatched Marie Antoinette, and I thought that movie was like really fun. <laughs> that like would a probably, really fun movie to watch. Yeah, that would probably be fun to rewatch because it's just so like there's so much to look at too, and it's yeah, like really beautiful to look at. And like I know a lot of people at the time were angry because she used like modern pop songs in that movie, but like it perfectly cool. fits for yeah. the story of Marie Antoinette to have her running around too. <laughs> I want candy, you know. Yeah, I will uh, defend you, Sofia Coppola. <laughs> um. Well, we won't talk about the plane ring. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it actually. Like, oh, it's not good. <laughs> it's really bad. It's I just mean, like Emma Watson can't do an American accent. She, exactly. And she can barely act in Harry Queen's Potter. English. Yeah. Like, oh my God. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. what's yeah. your final rating of this movie, Mackenzie? Um, I'll give it a six. A six? I'm gonna give it a six too. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed rewatching it. It's really beautiful and, like, sumptuous to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for her first feature, like, film, really impressive, too. Yeah. I, I think I'll talk more about uh, my thoughts about this movie in comparison to Mustang moving forward. Just, yeah. like, why Mustang is better. <laughs> I mean, yes, we'll get there. <laughs> Thank you.
yeah, so our next movie is Mustang. Mustang is the 2015 feature debut of Denise Game Urguvan, uh, a French and Turkish director who was inspired by real events from her upbringing. The film follows five orphan sisters living in a rural Turkish village. Their lives are forever changed when a nosy neighbor spies them playing with boys on the beach. The fallout from this event leads to the girls' virtual imprisonment in their home, where their grandmother and uncle force them to learn domestic skills with the intent of marrying the girls off as quickly as possible. Um, so this was my first time seeing this movie. I watched it yesterday and had a big old cry. Yeah. It was really good. It's my second time seeing it, and it, I cried again, and it's just so good. Wait, and both of these movies, both The Virgin Suicides and Mustang, are an hour and 37 minutes long. How crazy is that? That's insane. What? I was like, what? When I saw that. There are so many weird things like that. Like like JFK and Abraham Lincoln having, you know, they're so similar, and then they both were killed. And But yeah, there's a lot of similarities in between these two movies, and like their plot lines are very similar outwardly, but I think that pretty much... You know, I'm excited for like my my episode shot thing that I make for Instagram oh, yeah. because I have a really good one. So. Oh, I'm just, I bet you do it. And like <laughs> visually, it's so striking to see these brown brunette girls versus these blonde girls. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I can understand why people were like, "This is Turkish, the Virgin Suicides." Um, <laughs> even though there's only one suicide in this movie, yeah, and it's but it affected me more than any of the suicides for sure. in for the Virgin sure. Suicides. For sure. And that's because you understand these girls so much better. You understand mm-hmm. the outside influences on their lives mm-hmm. that are making them miserable. You understand mm-hmm. their interior lives. And a lot each better. one is more, I feel like, characterized more individually. Did, yes. don't, did you feel that way? Yeah. Definitely for sure. For sure. But at the same time, it's, it's funny because I would say both of these movies aren't particularly heavy on dialogue. Mm-hmm. And yet, even though there's just the same amount of dialogue in Mustang, you get to know these girls more you know i think it's because of how they interact with each other too it's how they interact with each other each one is given more time Mm -hmm. like virgin suicides focuses mostly just on lux Mm -hmm. the second youngest girl played by kirsten dunst Mm -hmm. um but this one it seems like each it's like each one has their each sister has their own act almost and it's all grounded by the youngest sister lale Mm -hmm. who's delightful they're all great yeah Amazing everyone actresses. all of them are great and yeah and like lale becomes like the main character like she becomes like mm-hmm. the central protagonist oh like yeah. and and this movie is so different immediately from the virgin suicides because the virgin suicide starts off with a boy narrating it and this starts mm-hmm. off with a girl you're right lale, lale. Yeah. narrating it so i felt mm-hmm. like uh, just like as soon as you're in it you're more connected with the girls and you see like the in the virgin suicides i you felt like you were watching it from the boy's perspective, like from an outsider. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, you're like in it with them the whole time. Yeah. Like to be like really basic about it. Like the boys are literally looking into their windows with a, like a telescope. Yeah. And here we're like looking out the windows with the girls. Like yeah. look, look at the barred windows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like uh, visually like on their side and with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's almost, I saw someone call it like almost a horror movie. Um, and I was confused by that until I kind of, you think of it as like these girls get picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. The, it starts with the older sister, Sone is married. The, both the older sisters are married off at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also had me thinking about how many, um, how many important movies and books are about families of all girls and all sisters. So I was thinking Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. Little Women, um, 
I also randomly thought of like uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which is about a family of all girls. And I think it be and it shows like in this movie too. It's interesting to have stories about families with all daughters because it shows you like basically how society can progress or move in the timeline mm-hmm. of one family, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I was particularly thinking of this movie in regards to Fiddler on the Roof, which is a musical. Uh, the oldest daughter has is a, um, has an arranged marriage that she's really happy about and, like, totally goes along with it. The second oldest daughter chooses her own um, husband, and everyone's scandalized because, like, she does it out of love and it's crazy. And then the third oldest daughter is like, I want to marry a Christian guy, and people are like, whoa, you know? So it gets kind of, like, more progressive and mm-hmm. wild as the daughters go okay. on. And I felt that way about this movie, too, Yeah, um, that they had – increasingly different reactions to like their fates you know as they yeah. progressed yeah i i felt mm-hmm. that way too and the same thing with pride and prejudice almost you know like each girl kind of has uh, is a way of articulating or showing a different like social phenomena you know mm-hmm. and, and the results mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow so through marriage yeah you know like through <laughs> through just like how they they interact with men and, and their marriage yeah um so like Sone gets married and is happy about it because it's a mm-hmm. guy she like her lover, and then mm-hmm. Selma gets married and is not happy about it. Mm-hmm. It's just um, a rando guy she's never met. Yeah, and or that met one time was like one of the most affecting scenes for me. Um, the girls throughout the movie kind of had their virginity tested by a doctor, mm-hmm. which is like so fucked up and yeah. wild. Yeah, um, because Sel- it's a yeah. it's a myth. It means nothing. Yeah, it means nothing. <laughs> like it's so crazy. And so Selma is a virgin. And her hymen doesn't break during uh, sex with her husband on her wedding night, but the whole fucking family takes her to like the emergency <laughs> room, and is like, uh, "We married our son to a girl who didn't bleed on her wedding night." I can't believe that's like a like an actual test that people like because like no, mm-hmm. I've never bled that much from sex ever. Yeah, uh, like well, yeah, it's crazy. And the director Denise uh, Ergovan was saying that. She spoke to doctors in Turkey who were like, yeah, during the summer wedding season, I probably see 40 to 50 what virginity tests, you know. Um, That's crazy. Cra- it, it is crazy. Um, and so Selma is like in her wedding dress on the doctor's bed, I guess, or whatever, the mm-hmm. examining uh, table. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is like, are you a virgin? And she's like, I've slept with the entire world. Uh, and cause she had been saying, I'm a virgin, I'm a virgin. And yeah. she says, I've slept with the entire world. And he's like, oh, well your hymen's intact. So that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sad. Cause she's like, basically she feels that she has, she feels that she's impure, you know, just because she, she's been told that so many times and assumed that she was impure. And she kind of says like, no one believes me. So might as well just yeah. like say whatever I want. Cause it means nothing when I mm-hmm. say like my words mean aren't going to be believed no matter what. So yeah, really sad. She's yeah. a little like crushing performance from that actress. Yeah. Who, like when she's drinking on her wedding that day yeah. and like crying oh, really, God. really sad. It also reminded me of in little women, um, when the oldest daughter, fuck, who's the oldest daughter in little women? Meg, when Meg, uh, in the book, when Meg is married off to the teacher, it is like crushing. Like all of the girls are like, when are we going to see you again? You know, like mm-hmm. when will we ever be together? Like then, and Joe is particularly hostile to the husband. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in this movie when the two oldest daughters on their wedding night, like are hugging their younger sisters mm-hmm. and like, they're all crying. Yeah. And, like, and that's Mar- the last time they saw any of them. Yeah. They, they were together. all together. 
Yeah, it's crazy because it's like the same things that would have happened if they just like let the girls do their own, like live their own lives and just do what they want. Mm. It's like they would have had sex either way. It's just like you're, I don't know, forcing these. Yeah. It's like just more painful. So sad. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, I we read an interview with the director Denise, uh, who said that she always identified the girls as a hydra, a body with five heads, ten arms, ten legs, and this story has something of the minotaur in it. Um, and I thought this was crazy because I had just read Jeffrey Eugenitis, the author of for the Virgin Suicides, say that the Lisbon girls were like a hydra, like it basically like they That's were crazy. one creature, yeah. you know. Um, and I but I think she does that again better mm-hmm. than Virgin Suicides does, like showing that the girls are like one of a kind like that's all, something that's repeated in the movie is like these girls yeah. are like one of a kind yeah. you know for each one they say mm-hmm. she's one of a kind <laughs> yeah and they kind of mean it like she's one of yeah. this group you know like one yeah of a kind um yeah oh, god i really really love this movie Me too so uh in this interview with denise the director they uh she is asked uh, you've also spoken of filming the girls in such a way that you show them moving freely and lounging around, but not sexualizing them. I'm wondering if you have any guidelines about how to, to not sexualize girls in movies. And she says, sometimes it's about the camera angle. When the girls are swimming on the sheets, we film them in their ba- bathing suits at every possible angle. So in the scene you see in the film, there's nothing sexual. But things are sometimes perceived differently in Turkey. The first scene in the film, when the girls are playing in the sea, some people in Turkey were thinking that was extremely erotic, whereas everything I was doing emphasized that it was about childhood and innocence. For me, 15-year-old girls playing in the water aren't being sexy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think it's, and it also is very different from the virgin suicides, which the girls especially mm-hmm. looks are sexualized all the time and it's like it makes sense because these boys are just like gazing at them Horny. yeah um yeah like literally with a telescope etc um yeah but in this movie it really they are just girls and i think there's they're the the adults are just projecting sexual mm-hmm. feelings like onto them and I think yeah, there's a difference. And that's what's so yeah, I, there's like a mm-hmm. difference between like them having sexual sex projected onto them versus them discovering it for themselves. And I mm-hmm. think there's like a strong distinction between that in this movie. Did you feel that way? Definitely, and I think it's it's also confusing because the two youngest girls are like at most like twelve and thirteen, yeah. twelve and fourteen, uh, and they are like like Lal is like an actual child yeah. you know yeah. uh and in that scene where they're they're pretending to go swimming is so sad because they grew up they're right near the beach yeah. and they're pretending to swim on blankets in their bedroom yeah and when i read that quote from the director about how she filmed it it really is it's like stupid it's something to marvel at but it is something to marvel at that she managed to film two like beautiful young girls without sexualizing them in their bathing yeah. suits you know yeah um, and the the um i was like when the when the interviewer was like do you have guidelines i'm like yes give everyone the guidelines because we need the guidelines (laughs) apparently uh at whoever directed the new it movie where they sexualized the fuck out of that young girl who played yeah the redhead uh but also um, like it's so so upsetting stephen king did that too yeah Yeah. true true like source material um we'll we'll get to you stephen yeah Another really um, sad um, 
shot is when they're tanning but they can't like mm-hmm. actually be outside so they're like tanning and the bars are just like project like shadow shadows on them oh my god i was like mm-hmm. they can't even go outside jeez so. yeah and something that is also like i really appreciate about this film is that it shows how older women and like older generations were both working to keep the girls in line mm-hmm. and also helping them yeah. you know like uh the grandmother is a complicated character mm-hmm. Because she obviously loves and cares for the mm-hmm. girls and is trying to protect them in what in the way that she thinks is yeah. best, which is ma- marrying them off, teaching them domestic skills. Mm-hmm. And like she thinks that she's like offering them some sort of like liberation through marriage, yeah. um, you know, and there's a, a great scene where the girls sneak out to watch a soccer game and their aunts <laughs> see them on mm-hmm. TV and realize that the uncle the abusive uncle is going to see them mm-hmm. on TV. So they like kick into action and they fucking <laughs> like... <laughs> break the electricity box mm-hmm. whatever yeah <laughs> the transformer <laughs> and then they take down the electricity for the whole town i know i thought that was so badass but i was also i thought about it a little more and i was like they're also protecting themselves because i'm sure that that's true the men would freak out on them if they knew that the Blame girls them. had yeah. escaped mm-hmm. but yeah like i mean like i said i th- feel like th- those characters are some of the more complicated or hard to understand for me at least mm-hmm. Yeah, like the grandmother definitely knows that her son, the uncle, is abusing yeah. some of the girls, um, and the the way she responds to that is trying to get them to to be married yeah. off quicker. Yeah, you know? which is um, so sad. It's very sad. Yeah. yeah, it's like um, how I don't know. That's another thing. It's like how do you when you find out your son is like molesting mm-hmm. uh, your granddaughter? Like, how do you? even wrap your head around that it's just when you're also deep like deep in the patriarchy as well <sighs> you know like you can't you don't have no means of action really available yeah. to you um other than to get the girls out of the house yeah. which is so fucked yeah. up um yeah and we read a review from this guy randall colburn who tried to catch the fucked up thing he says in this review <laughs> This clip. He says, it's not just the sisters who are lovingly rendered. One of Mustang's greatest strengths is the way it humanizes the sisters' myriad elders, all of whom must reconcile their empathy for the young. They've been there, after all, with the strictures of their society. Um, One sequence when the girls sneak away to attend a soccer game provides such a satisfying catharsis because of the weird, complicated bond that exists between Turkish women of different generations. Even Errol, the girl's oppressive uncle, is depicted as someone who's a victim of his own privilege rather than any kind of pure monster question mark question mark question mark what (laughs) he is a pure monster (laughs) like he can be both someone who's like a you know i don't know that's such a weird that's like in my favorite murder when they're like talking about the backgrounds of the murders and like all these murders were like abused as children but they are always like that's no excuse like (laughs) plenty of people are abused as children and and don't murder or, well, like know? or turn into like molesters themselves etc anyway the uncle sucks exactly <laughs> like the uncle sucks a lot and like it's very scary like the scene where lale and nur are like barricaded themselves in the house like that's taken terrifying back to prison, and he's trying to get in it's so yeah. scary and they're like hiding from him and they're driving yeah away. they're like does he have his wow. gun because he's like yeah. always has his gun like all the men in this film have guns on them it's very scary and upsetting. And it also, I mean, yeah. if I'm thinking about it now, it's like, also, like, women should be afraid of guns. And guns, like, because yeah. they're used often to hurt women. 
just That's saying. That's true. That's very true. Gun laws should be um, stricter in America. Yeah. But yes, they should. Absolutely. <laughs> it's my soapbox. Um, I loved that when I really started crying was um, when the truck driver drops him off on the bus mm-hmm. and is waving goodbye to Lale. For some reason, that really got oh me just because gosh. he was like someone, a character who had no reason to be kind mm-hmm. to them, but did so anyway. I'm like crying thinking <sighs> about it. And then when Lale gets to see her her teacher who they've run away to, yeah. oh my god, it was so yeah. sad and so sweet. Yeah. I was crying like that oh. whole the whole last like fifteen minutes, like I when know. they oh my god, they, they show Lale sleeping on the truck on the way to the uh-huh. um, bus, and. Uh-huh it cuts to like a dream she's having where she's with all her sisters and they're escaping all together. And that just really hit me because you know that it's like impossible. I feel like something similar happened to the Virgin suicides, but it didn't in the Virgin suicides, but it didn't affect me as much, but the, because it's like the dream. Yeah. Because it's the boys imagining what it would be like to run away with all these girls. But in this, it's, it's Lale imagining what it would be like to be with her sisters all, all together and like free. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, it was very, very, my eyes are itchy. (laughs) You know, so I looked, I tried to look at one star reviews for this film and the only one star reviews on IMDb are people who are Turkish people who are very angry about how the movie depicted like sexual politics in Turkey. And I was like, some of them were like, this isn't what it's really like. It's not that bad. And I was thinking like, I'm not like educated enough, but if this is a, you know, like a Turkish woman who made this film, you Mm -hmm. know, and these are her experiences. And I did watch a couple of interviews with the entire cast where they were basically saying like, things are bad right now in Turkey, you know, like um, there are, there's like lots of reparative rape uh, sometimes. And the, the, the president Erdogan, like said basically that women are inferior to men like right around the time this movie came out in a speech you know so it's um, like our president saying the same shit (laughs) i know it's it's true and you know and like there is something to think about in this movie too that um so we are like westerner westerners uh viewing this movie about like young muslim women um you know so i just wanted to be mindful of that as well too you know but um where, you know, it, and it, it's an interesting comparison to The Virgin Suicides, which is about, like, young, white, middle-class girls in America, mm-hmm. um, where their misery and depression is more abstract rather than the young women in Mustang, who we can kind of, like, see the interworkings more clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have, like, a... Well, it's also, like, we're not of, watching yeah. this movie and being, like wow turkey's horrible like all women are treated like this there this is horrible it's like no Uh this is like i i think it's very much like an exception like this particular horrible nightmare house that they live in is probably like an exception to the rule of uh, like 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 their classmates are like what you're not coming back to school yeah Uh, like the teacher is like when they get to Istanbul, the, the teacher's mm. like, what is going on? The teacher's, like, living She's, with her boyfriend. Like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, look at America. Like, we have, you know, like, crazy laws on the books, yeah. too, that protect, uh, that don't protect women. And, yeah. You know, exactly. And our president, you know, like um, I said, are saying the same dumb shit. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, God. Yeah. I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Really happy we watched it and a really interesting companion to The Virgin Suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty cool that it was both of their first films yeah. uh, that they chose to tell these mm-hmm. stories. And Denise, uh, the director of 
Mustang was pregnant, found out she was pregnant right before filming mm-hmm. and was like, oh shit. And they lost a producer at the oh same time. God. And she I was reading an interview where she was basically like, I cannot be stressed out making yeah. this movie. Like I, I can't. <laughs> um, and I found this piece of trivia on IMDb that made me laugh. Uh, the composer of the film initially declined her offer to compose a score for the film due to a busy schedule, but was eventually persuaded. He said, Denise had just had the baby and came straight back with the baby on her lap editing the film. It just shows how pathetic we are as guys. <laughs> I was like, good for you for saying that. Yeah, that's that. hilarious. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I was nervous about composing a score for a movie and she just had a baby, you know, and was directing and editing the movie. I guess another reason that I like this movie more than Virgin Suicides is because they do at least a few, two of the girls do escape. And I also feel like... That's true. It shows, like, I'm not, I'm, I, I want there to be, I think girls deserve, like, happy endings. And at least, like, Lale and her one sister, I forget the name of that one, get, do escape. I'm, I appreciate that. Like, I, I do think The Virgin Suicides is a good movie, but I think this one's better because of. I think so too, and and also like they don't only escape, but they get to like their their teacher is like a model of like mm-hmm. the life they could exactly. have, you know. And there's like a it's hopeful. Yeah. Um, God, such so, so good, Mackenzie. What are your final thoughts and rating? I guess we did our final thoughts, but um, I w- I'll rate it a nine. I'm gonna rate it a nine too. Sorry, I'm just it's okay. You on no, it's fine. I should have let you go first. I loved it, and it's one of those like movies that's kind of like a quiet film Mm -hmm. you know that uh builds an emotion Mm -hmm. you know kind of and you get to the end of it and you're you realize you know how much it's affected you it's almost like a perfect movie yeah i agree it really really is and you know not very long yeah (laughs) not very long but so much happens happens. you know like yeah it's very uh, quick like the from when they are like first caught caught mm-hmm. i guess like yeah. there's any whatever um whatever yeah. to like the girls getting married off it's like yeah it's like it happens in a flash it's brisk it's yeah. nice um yeah really really good movie if you haven't seen mustang you should check it yeah. out sorry we spoiled the whole thing but well we do that every episode <laughs> that's true <laughs> Um, it would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcasts at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on May 13th, and we will be discussing uh, two movies we're really excited about, Teen Witch and the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. So the theme will be young girls exploring their magical powers. <laughs> Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grieve-Crossen for our music. Thanks for listening to Chick Flicks. Bye. Thank you. Bye.